0: Lord, we thank you that we can come together today. We thank you for your presence in this place. And we just choose to just set aside all the busyness of our week or the busyness of our day when we walk out of here, Lord, and take some time to focus upon you and focus upon what you have for us today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you take the words that I say today and that they bring life to us, that they shift things in our lives that need to be shifted, that you would move in our lives, Holy Spirit, And have your way, I come against any distractions, in Jesus' name, that your peace would be here. And your rest would be here, so that we can receive and take hold of everything that you have for us. Pray, open your word to us today. and welcome you here, angels, just to have your way here, just to help out. In Jesus' precious name. And we all said... Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say something good is going to happen today. We're going to um, carry on a series where a couple of weeks we're just talking about how our brains work and how God is wired us up and that he renews us by transforming. And it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so we spoke about that last week and if you missed that, I encourage you to have a look on on the podcast and have a listen because it'll just excite you and encourage you because of the way God has made us and that he does want us to be transformed and he has a way to do it and uh, it's all about how we've been wired up. But I want to carry on with that and I just remind you as I begin that this year is a year of restoration. God has uh, spoken to us that it's, it's really He wants to restore things to us. Those things that have been lost, those things that have been stolen, those things that have been held back, those things that have been held up. Anybody ever had anything that's been held up or missed out on or stolen or lost? And you know, it's like, that should have happened. Anybody had that? Yeah, me too. Plenty of times. And this year, God is saying, this is the year of restoration. Those things that were stolen from you, those things that were missed out on, God wants to do some restoring. He wants to restore things. He wants to bring restitution to us. And uh, it's not just in our church. He's speaking it around the world and different places that this is a year of jubilee, jubilee, the year of the Lord's favour and restoration. So don't just go, oh, well, you know. And get a bit apathetic. Say, no, hang on a minute. God said this is your restoration. And speak it over your life. Speak it over your family. Speak it over your finances. Speak it over your whole being. This is the year of restoration because that is what God has spoken. And we have to take hold of what God has said. He expects us to receive. And the way we receive is to actually take hold of something. It just doesn't, you know, fall on our lap. We've got to do something. And what we do is just say, right, that's mine. Take it. Amen? So we've got to take hold of things to have restoration. And Jesus is a great restorer. And uh, that's, that is, he longs to grant us that the desires of our heart. But he has a way of doing it. He has a way of restoring. He has a way of blessing us. Um, I heard um, from Bill Johnson. He's a guy in America who has a church called Bethel Church. And he had this quote this week that I've been thinking about and just pondering upon because it's good to ponder. And it's all God's disciplines, the things that he asks us to do, the things he asks us to shift in our lives, all God's disciplines are so we can survive his blessings. All the things ever God asks us to do is so we can survive his blessings. It's deep. It's deep. All God's disciplines are so we can survive his blessings. When he asks you to be a giver, that's because he wants to bless you. But if you are not a giver before he blesses you, you're going to be one like Mr. Scrooge McDuck. And it's not going to bring you any joy. When he asks you to, you know, do anything, it's so that you can handle the blessing and be the kind of person that you really want to be. Because you see people that are actually ruined by stuff. You know, they just have it so easy, but it doesn't make them a kind and compassionate and loving, valued member of, you know, member of society that is actually doing something. They can become very self-centered. And God hasn't called us to be that. And he restores us so that we are able to be giving, kind, compassionate, loving people. So anything he asks us to do is so that we can handle the blessing. Just think about that. One of those disciplines for us is to know his word and to live it. He knows that if we let his words abide in us, it will bring freedom and release and we will step into that blessing. So he actually says to us, a discipline for us, a discipline is just something he asks us to do, is read this. Get it in you. Because when you do, things are going to change and things are going to shift. And that's what I want to talk about this morning of how we renew our minds. And I talked about that a little bit last week, but I want to build on that and that the word and the words we think about and the words we speak, what they actually do and how important it is to take time to do that. So how does the power of the word set us free? You know, Jesus said um, that He is the Word, and John one one it says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not comprehend it." So, pretty much, at the very start of John it's saying Jesus is the Word. Jesus is a word. You want to know more about God, you get to know Jesus. And the way you get to know Jesus is to get this in you. He's the word. He's the light of men. He's the one that shines in the darkness. Now I'm going to use this gadget again today, so just bear with me. Here we go. Here we go. John 15 which you could just stay in this chapter of the Bible for a whole year. There is so much in that. there is a chapter I encourage you to read this week, it is John chapter 15. And in verse 7 to 8, it says, If you abide in me, this is Jesus speaking, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. If you abide in me, Jesus is saying, if you stay connected to me, if you abide, which means to dwell with, to settle down with, if you abide within me and my words abide in you, where do you find Jesus' words? In the Bible. If my words abide in you, you know what it says? You will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. That's a pretty powerful promise. That is like profounds. That will just rock your world with you get hold of that. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it will be done for you. This is why God says one of the disciplines he says is get hold of my word, word because when you got hold of it, you're going to be just overrun and overtaken by the blessing. And that's why he says you've got to have the word in you because it's going to bring blessing. That's one of the disciplines God's talking about is read my word. Get it in you. Think about it. Meditate. Ponder upon it because it's going to change your life. It's going to change your circumstances. It's going to bring restoration. It's going to change your family and it will change your future. I can testify to that, that when I've got God's word in me, it has changed my future. It has transformed me. It has changed things where I thought I was just going to be this sort of person and God got his word inside me and I spent time with him and it transformed the way I think about myself. It transformed the way I relate to others. It transformed the way I even walk into a room and what I'm thinking about. You will be transformed when you renew who you see yourself by God's word. And that's why God says it's a discipline. He said, do this because then you'll be able to handle the blessing. Amen? God wants us to think like he thinks, to act like he think, acts, to talk like he talks, to ultimately love like he loves. Ephesians says, be imitators of God. He actually wants us to copy what he does. And you can't copy what somebody does unless you hang out with them. And the only way you can hang out with God is to give him time and to, and to look at what he says. And that's why his word is so important. We can't do that, we can't be imitators of God unless we change some things in us and how we do things. Because as I said last week, our little old self gets in the way, and Jesus is the one who has to lead, not Dale, not me. Jesus has to lead the way. Now, last week we talked about how our thinking affects the very psychology of our physiology and psychology of our being. What we think sets off signals in our brains which affects our very cells and ultimately affects our DNA. You know, you either can keep things that are in your genetic disposition zipped up or you can unzip them by your thinking. If you've got cancer or you've got arthritis, if you've got heart disease, if you've got every other stinking thing that the enemy's thought up and it's come through your family line, a depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, all those things that we go... Ugh. You know, if any of those things, your DNA, yes, some people, sometimes it does have it in there. But Jesus, he said, he said, if you transform your mind and renew it with what I say, you're going to be set free from those things. We've got to think differently because what we think sets off signals in our brain, which sets signals to our cells and it sends these neural little transmitters through to every part of our being and it either zips, zips up those or unzips those things. So if you're going, oh, well, my mother got cancer, my grandmother got cancer, and you start to think on that and you start to get into fear on that, you know what you're doing? You're unzipping that, that predisposition in your cells and your DNA to get that. And that's where it comes from. And, that, and your neuroscience has clicked to this. What has been on the, in the Bible for years and years, they clicked on and said, this is truth. This is truth. What a man thinks, so shall he be. So it's so important for us to be aware of what God's word says and take hold of that, instead of just going with what our crazy minds can think up or what the, what the society throws at us. And if you want to know more about that, just have a listen to last week's message. But we can th- keep things zipped up or unzip things in our DNA and our very genetic makeup by our thinking and the words that we speak. We are not victims of our biology. Our brains are not hardwired but are malleable and changing every moment of the day as we think and manage our inner life. And this morning I want to talk about that. I want to talk about our inner life. I want to talk about the fact that it's so important for us to quiet ourselves. You know, Psalm 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Because if you do not be still and quiet yourself, your thoughts are just going to be in chaos. You know, you know, some people, they, if they're anything like me, if I'm not careful, I have my thoughts. I'll be thinking 10 things at once and just my brain's going fast track all the time. And, uh, and we have to be quiet. We have to quiet ourselves. And that's what I want to share about this morning, how powerful and how important it is to quiet ourselves. Because when we do that, We're going to be able to draw close to Jesus and let let him abide with us and let his words abide in us. Unless we quiet ourselves, we're not going to be able to do that. We're not going to be able, able to do that. The ability to quiet our minds, to focus our attention on the present issue, to capture our thoughts and dismiss the distractions that come our way is a powerful ability that God has given each one of us. If you're sitting there going, no, I'm just, you know, my thoughts are always crazy all the time. I can't quiet myself. You know, that's a lie. That's just been fed to you by your, you know, your experience. Jesus says that you are free from that. You're free from that. And he has a way for us to do that, to quiet ourselves. You know, our world is full of busyness. It's crazy all the time. Go out, go near the shopping centre. it's it's, you know and often we can get caught up in that chaos and our, our thinking can follow suit we know we're just thinking so many things all the time and we've actually trained ourselves out of our natural skill of being quiet because we've just taken on what the world is doing you know God when he created the world he gave us a day of rest where's the day of rest gone and we just get sucked into it oh well this is, you know, we can go and do this today. You know, a you know, hundred years ago, it's like, you know, you had to do your hand washing by hand and all these things. And we've got all these te- technology and what do we do? Instead of having more spare time, we've filled up all that time with rushing around. Instead of being quieter and relaxing and having more recreation time, we're just like, oh, good, I can push the button there and then I can go over and do this thing. It's crazy craziness and yet we just and as technology is added we just do more and more and more stuff and it's so important to just stop and quiet ourselves because and naturally um the design of a brain is that we're meant to just be disciplined and capture our thoughts and stop that chaotic rogue thought and, and just calm our spirit, you know. If we don't take the time to quiet ourselves and be still, you're going to have thoughts going off in your mind that are not right. You know, the um, neuroscientists, they call them rogue thoughts. Because you have, and be going, they're going all the time if you don't pause and just stop and reflect. What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? What are you letting get engaged in your DNA? What are you letting come and, as to be part of yourselves? What are you unzipping in your life? You know, we've got to be careful what we're thinking about. I call it getting rid of your stinking thinking. Now, what stinking thinking have we thought this week that we just didn't take a hold of and and capture? Go, hang on a minute, that's not right. Because if we do not take time to reflect and quiet ourselves, we're going to be thinking things that are going to setting and signals off in our very bodies and our very physiology of who we are. You know? A lot of the things of your medical science are set off by stress. And the stress was set off by what? What we were thinking. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah? We've got to be careful and we've got to just follow God's way of doing things. Getting our thoughts disciplined and under control was one of the first steps in freeing ourselves of the burdens of the world. Regardless of what is happening in our life, if we can discipline ourselves and get our thoughts under control, that in itself is going to set us free. The Bible says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah? When we observe our thinking with the view of capturing rogue thoughts, we are in effect directing attention to stop the negative impact and rewiring healthy new circuits in our brain. Every morning you get this wonderful new baby nerve cells in your brain. Our brain is not hardwired that you get it when you're born and that's it. Every morning you get baby new nerve cells that are released in your brain that are ready for there to be rewired anywhere you need them. And when you capture your thoughts and take take hold of negative thinking and you go, that's enough. I just pull that thought down and I take it captive and I take it to Jesus. And Lord, what do you say about my life? What do you say about my situation? What do you say about this? When you take it captured, and then give it over to Jesus and then take what he says, let my word abide in you, then those nerve cells in your brain, they actually make new connections. So we are not... We are not, you know, a a slave to past thinking. You can be set free from it if you start to change your way of thinking and take hold of those rogue thoughts and go, I just take hold of that. I bring that to Jesus and I replace that with what God says about me and new things are set free and um, set into place and rewired. Now that truth is life to people who have anxiety, who have depression, who have mental illness, who have nervous complaints. If you can get hold of that, that is, that is life transforming. And that's why God said be transformed by the renewing of your mind because he knows how we're wired. When we focus on God first and not the world's way, it rewires healthy new circuits into our brain. We get brand new baby nerves out every day. That's why God says my mercies are new every morning. Our thoughts control the brain's sensory processing, rewiring, the neurotransmitters, the genetic expression and cellular activity in a positive or negative way. Now, I know that's all scientific, but it pretty much says what you think is going to change how your body goes. It's going to change how your emotions are. It's going to change everything inside of you. And it's going to connect up with what your spirit already has, which is new life. Amen? You know, we pride ourselves in our ability to multitask and I'm going to hit this this morning and I got very challenged when I read this because I've been reading this book um, called Switch On Your Brain by a neuroscientist who's actually a Christian lady as well and her name is Carolyn Leaf, A F and I recommend that book to you, Carolyn Leaf and she's a Christian neuroscientist who um, has written a book and and what she is teaching is setting people free. It's setting people free from mental illness, from, you know, from trauma, from things like that. And that's why I wanted to share it because it's just, it's revelation and it's setting people free. And she actually talks about our ability to multitask, texting, Facebooking, watching TV, video games, everything. Who does that? You're sitting there texting, Facebooking while you're listening to somebody else or you're watching TV or you're with the kids and you're doing three things at once And our world actually says that's a really good thing to do. If you go to a job, some interviews will say, can you multitask? Now, I want to just bring some, you're going to go, oh dear, in a minute, but it's okay because remember when I say this, that you get brand new baby nerve cells in your brain every day. So here we go. When we multitask, it's called milkshake multitasking. That's what she called it. And it takes away our deep intellectual thought and increases stress levels and susceptibility to depression, etc. The poor focusing of attention and lack of quality in our thought lives is the complete opposite of how our brains are designed to function. Watch all the phones go down. <laughs> it's, how, it's a complete opposite of how a brain is designed to function. And guess what? it actually causes a level of brain damage. See how our society gets it messed up? When we multitask all the time and we're constantly giving short little thoughts and never deeply reflecting and deeply thinking about things, it's not how our brain is wired up. You've got all these networks that are short, you know, they're not doing what they're supposed to. We actually need to stop multitasking and focus on one thing, at a time and praise the Lord that if you're a multitasker like me you can just say Lord I'm sorry for multitasking and messing up and my, you know it's like a milkshake doo, 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 in your brain and all the sounds are going everything everybody's nodding yep multitasking you know and we think and we pride ourselves in our ability to do that but it's actually causing damage because we're not designed to do that because when you multitask, you're not giving deep focus thought to things. And so you're and your and your circuits in your brain are going, to, instead of just being able to focus. All right? So we have to actually make lists and focus. Focus thought. What does it look like? Deep intellectual attention looks like. What does it look like compared to milkshake multitasking? Well, Proverbs 4, verse 20 says it Dear friends, this is from the message translation because I liked it better. Dear friends, listen well to my words. This is tune your ears to my voice. Keep my message in plain view at all times. Concentrate, learn it by heart. Those who discover these words live, really live, body and soul. They're bursting with health. Keep vigilant watch over your heart because that's where life starts. It's actually been focused. Our world says, do this, do this, do this. Look over here. Oh, bling, bling, bling. All the sparkling new things. Over here. Now go over here. Then over here. Oh, this person's happy. You know, Facebook is like that. I'm not having a go at social media, but we've got to be careful how we're treating our brains because we're, we're causing brain damage if you're not being careful about how we're thinking. That we never, you know, some of us, our thinking is about as deep as a little puddle. We never give deep thought to things because we're so busy. Over here, over here, over here. You know, I can do things four things at once. I quite often do four things at once. But it's actually not good to be doing four things at once all the time because it raises our stress levels and our anxiety levels, our blood pressure and, you know, all those things, and it causes damage to the circuits in our brain. We've got to give focused thoughts and concentrate, And learn to do that because that is how our brains are wired to behave. You see how the enemy works? He brings things into our lifestyle. He brings things into our world and we just go, oh, yeah, that's what everybody's doing. Instead of stop and thinking, actually, what does God say to do? And he says to be still. Does anybody know how to do that still? Be still. Quiet yourselves. Give thought to things. Think about things. We are made in God's image, highly intellectual beings. He designed us to think through things one thing at a time in a focused, quality manner by paying attention, by listening intently, by keeping our eyes on one thing at a time and fixing our mind. Fixing our mind. It actually says in the Bible fix your eyes. Fix your mind, fix your heart on me and follow my way of doing things. Jesus was very focused. You read through the Gospels. He was very focused and people were yelling over here, come here, come see me, my brother's dying. And he was like, no, I've got a job to do here. And four days later, he got to the guy who was dying. He just raised him from, raised him from the dead. It was all right. But he was very focused and he didn't get, what's those, what are those demons you call them? Huh? Very, worry, scary and flurry. Hurry, worry, scurry and flurry. My mum reckons there's these demons that the enemy sends in. Look, it's the truth. That we're always hurrying and flurrying and scurrying and worrying. Yeah? And the problem is that society says if you can hurry about and scurry about and flurry about, all you're good. Yeah? Superwoman. Superman, you know? And it's actually causing brain damage. Stop doing it. We need to stop doing it and quiet ourselves and give focused thought. Everything we do and say is first a thought in our physical brain. We think and then we do it, which cycles back to the original thought. We think and when we do. We think and it sends signals in our mind to either unlock things or keep things locked up. If our thinking is off or toxic, then our communication through what we say and do is off and vice versa. We actually need to think and think, do I want to say that? Do I want to text that do I want to Twitter that you know I have trouble on Facebooking I've realized because I'm deeper than a puddle I realize (laughs) which is a good thing because I can't just give off a glib thought I have to really think about it so that's why I'm no good on Twitter because I want to think about what I'm saying and instead of that being a bad thing which I'm like thinking oh look at all these people making these comments all the time I can't do it because I want to give a deep thought now that's okay that's okay, that's actually good brain health for us. Okay, the default mode network. I know I'm getting a little bit scientific, because but you know what? We've been wired up scientifically. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we need to understand not just from a you know, spiritual and scriptural point of view, but from a scientific point of view and how they all come together. We have all kinds of coordinated networks in our brains that work together in an organised way forming a constant intrinsic chatter. Your networks on your brain are talking back and forth to each other. Our brains maintain a high level of activity 24-7. And these networks from our brain, they have something called a default mode network or DMN. And that acts like an orchestra. Our DMN network acts like an orchestra conducting all the other networks in our brain. So it, it just says you think you know you are over there and you come over here and it's like crisscrossing each other and if you look at a, a scan of a brain it's like all these intricate enmeshed networks going all the time and it's, and the DMN or the default mode network it acts like the conductor of an orchestra giving timing signals and coordinating activity among different brain networks and regions and getting the brain ready to react on a conscious level. And it especially becomes active, this part of our brain, when our mind is introspective and thinking deeply in a directed rest or idle state. It activates to higher levels when a person is daydreaming. Oh, it's okay to daydream. Introspecting or letting his or her mind wander in an organised, exploratory way through the endless myriad of thoughts within your brain. Guess what? It's okay to daydream. It's actually healthy for our brains. It's okay to let our thoughts just, you know, wander because when we do that, it's connecting things. Wasn't oh, that good? You can just, oh, I don't have to be, you know, very serious all the time. Because when we daydream and when we just ponder thinking and just let our body go into rest, that's when we get the highest intellectual thought happening. It's not that you're, you know, not thinking anything or not doing anything. When you let yourself go into that place of external rest, it's like internally things have been released in your brain that are connecting things, which is why it's called a Sabbath rest for our brain. We need to take time out. Be still, be still, be still, and know that I am God. Let be and be still. DMN creates heightened thinking levels. You may appear to slow down, but actually your mental resources speed up and your thinking moves onto a heightened level. When you think like that, when you pause your activity on the outside and enter in directed rest, you'll actually emerge far ahead of where you would have been if you just operated within the minds of being conscious thought. When you're trying to figure something out, and you can't think, any. oh, well, how do I do this? How do I do this? You know, the best thing you can do is take time out and just rest. Just rest because when you do that, it's like your DMN, your default mode is connecting and, just, and like a little conductor of an orchestra in your brain and all your networks and you're actually going into higher intellectual levels and heightened levels of brain activity when you rest. Rest, 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 rest. What does the world say? Do, do, do. Yeah? We've got to rest. So why is a default mode network so important? Those who have adopted a disciplined and focused thought life, infle- reflecting on their life, which brings all thoughts into captivity, show that their default mode network is more active and that there is more switching back and forth between networks. This means your brain is more active, growing branches growing more networks and circuitry and integrating and linking thoughts, which causes you to have increased wisdom and intelligence. So if you want to be smarter, rest. Take time out. Have a day of Sabbath. Rest your brain. Put the phone away. Turn off the TV. Just rest. Because when you do that, you're going to get smarter and you're not causing brain damage Are we getting this this morning? This is so important. I want to show you why this is so important in a minute because this, this includes our spiritual life as well. We cannot grow in God unless we do this. Be still and know that I am God. And you'll get, you know, that's why as Christians, we're smarter. When you know Jesus, when you know him in your life, you get smarter, you get wiser, and you're more intellectual. If you rest and do things his way, because he says he'll transform you and he'll actually help you to think clearer. The Bible says it this way. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And this is where it's so important. Oh, missed that one. It says, You bring every thought captive to the knowledge and to the obedience of Christ. So instead of letting rogue thoughts just stay there, oh, I hate that person. Oh, that person did that to me. Or do you remember how that person did that? Or, you know, oh, they're sick. Oh, I hope I don't get what they've got. You know, my mother had that. Or my grandmother had that. Or my father's like that. Or maybe I'll slip into and I'll end up like that. That's called a rogue thought or a stinking thought. That is not of God. And it says when you have those rogue thoughts and you, and you have them in your mind and, you, and you're thinking them, it says to take them captive and bring them to Jesus. It's, it's like, you know, you have to stop and think about what you're thinking about. It's like you get a, you, your thoughts are buzzing around like this, like butterflies, you know, or bees or hornets. And you need to get a net and you need to pull down your thoughts and you need to look at them and see whether they're what you should be thinking about. Too often we let stuff in there and our thinking that we don't pull down and have a look at and go, is that what God says about my life? Is that what he says about my life? Because if it isn't, it says to take it captive to him. And you can do that. You say, I take that thought and I give it to Jesus and I tell it to stop. And when you know God, you can do that, and that's how we do. Our weapons are not, you know, you're constantly going to psych- psychological help. You no, know, I'm not saying that's not good, but it's we have the power to be able to transform our lives by thinking about the right things according to what God says. And it just it transforms our mind, it transforms our brain, and it transforms our very being. So you've got to think, what am I thinking about? And the only way you'll be able to do that is to stop and to reflect and to rest. Are you getting this this morning? I know it's all very, you know, just ponder it. Even if you just get one thing, just think deeply about that one thing. That's okay. Okay, so it's so important for us to bring our thoughts to Jesus. And, you know, when we pray, when we catch our thoughts, when we memorise and speak scripture over our lives, we move into a deep, meditative rest. You know, that's why the Bible is is so important, to to go to God and just to think about what he said. Read the Bible and think about what it means and ponder upon it deeply and internalise it and go, what is that saying? What is God saying? What is he saying to me? What is he saying to me? When we do that, you're in a restful state. And this state of mind is activated only when we deeply think. And it activates our faith. It's actually how we activate our faith. Unless you take time and be still, you can't activate the things that God has put in your spirit, the dreams and hopes and the visions that he's put in there. You know, you can, one of the things if you talk to people that are towards the end of their lives, you know, they might be 80, 90, 100. And one of the things they said, if you could do things again, what would you do? And one of the things they said is I would reflect more. I would reflect more. You cannot reflect and you you stop and just internalise and shut down the external and rest and reflect. Without taking time to shut down the external and switch on the internal, we cannot tune clearly into what our spirits are saying. You know, your spirit, when you come to Jesus, it's got new life in it. It's life buzzing in it. But unless you take time out and stop, it's like there's a short circuit. What God has put in there never gets to the rest of our being, because we don't take time to just let the Holy Spirit speak to us. When we quiet ourselves, the Holy Spirit ignites things in our hearts, and then it comes to our minds, and we get ignited in our minds. And when we start to think like God thinks, then you're transformed. You want to be set free from the stuff, or you want your life to be different, or you, you know, just dream let God set things off on your life it's not just that oh this is my life I've got my job I'll get a house I might get a new house I've got two or three kids I've got a new car all those things are great but what else are you on this planet for what are you here for and if you don't stop and think you're going to get to eight, 70 80 years old and think oh oh well that's done God created you with a plan and a purpose. And unless you stop and reflect and rest in Him, you will never reach all that God created you to be. And I don't want to live a life like that. I want to know that I made the most of every opportunity that God has given me, that I made the most of the life and breath and the heartbeat inside of me. Because there are so many people, look at the road toll, look at the plane crashes. Look at people that die of sickness way before their time. We don't need to be one of those statistics. God says, I have a plan, a purpose. I have a hope and a future. It is a good future that I have for you. But unless you stop, unless you reflect, unless you take hold of God's word and let it remain in you, you're just going to be, we're just going to be one of those people that plods through life instead of rip-roaring through life. He says, he says, let go of the things that hold you back, that so easily entangle you and hold you back and run the race, run with purpose, run with fixed and focused vision on what God has created you to be. You're not sitting there for nothing. You're not created for nothing. You are created with good works that God planned before the very foundation of the world for you to do. You're not just a mum and dad or you're not just created to go off and do the job and and that's all I do. You're created to make an impact and and to, I'm here. This is who I am. God made me to do this. And when we live lives like that, it brings life to us and it blesses others. And our society has sucked the life out of the world and that we're so busy that we don't take time to reflect what are we actually doing with our life. And before we know it, it's gone. It's gone. And we look back and we go, I could have done that. I should have done that. Why didn't I do that? Don't waste it. Do not waste our life. God says, I came to give you life and life abundant, overflowing, super abundant, And too often we get into the plod, plod, plod mode and we get into this is what is going to bring success. This is what is going to bring happiness. I'll get a new lounge. I'll get a new furniture. I'll get a new gadget and I'm going to be happy. You're happy for five minutes and then you want the next thing. When you do what God made you to do and created you to do, it gives this internal deep heart peace. It like changes you on the inside. You are created to do something. You're created to be something. You're created to be a light in the world. And if we do not stop and reflect and deeply ponder about things and deeply ponder the truths that God says you are in this word here, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it. Ponder that. We don't want to be people that actually miss things. Unfortunately, there's repercussions for not taking time. When we don't frequently slow down and enter rest, research shows that we don't engage in this disciplined, focused, self-reflective pattern and we don't activate a default mode network, we actually can experience negative things. So this is the downside of not doing as God says, be still. You can have negative self-esteem, depression, worry, anxiety and health issues... And overgeneralization and short-term memory loss. We may get stuck, unable to cope, and have a tendency to focus on the problem and not the solution. If things actually go wrong in our DMN, the orchestra network in our brain, and we actually it mishandles data that's passed on in our brain, and it creates additional th- problems such as memory issues, cloudy and fuzzy thinking, anxiety, depression and other psychiatric disorders. When we don't take time to do what God says, there's repercussions in our lives. When we thinking turns into unproductive brooding and negative negativity, that that's all we're thinking about. It's blown out of proportion and it affects actually the front and middle sections of our brain. When we take time to grab hold and capture those rogue thoughts, it actually damages the inside of the brain and sets it out of balance. Instead of the default mode network having a coping and solution focus, it becomes passive and non-adaptive and it results in worry, anxiety and depression. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. This is scientific proof that we need to have the mindset expression, Philippians 4 verse 8, which is one of my favourite passages in the Bible actually. It says... To focus, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on those things. What does God want you to think like? What does he want you to focus on? He wants you to focus on those things that are praiseworthy, that give you a, a shout, that's so good. He wants you to focus on those things that are pure and lovely and beautiful. He wants you to focus on those things that are uplifting and right and noble. You know, and that takes effort and that takes focus because our world is full of things that are not noble, that are not lovely, that are not beautiful, that are not, yes! They're just like, you want to, ugh. God says, focus on the right things because when you focus on the right things, you're going to draw close to who who he is when we follow this advice from God's word we can bring back the balance in our brains and have the networks working as they should if you get anxious if you feel depressed if you feel like it's just your fuzzy thinking or you want to just be able to do better at school at university you want to be able to you know I want to be smarter I want to be wiser take time out take time now this starts this this needs to start from a really young age Take time out. Get your kids, teach them how to take time. You know, they don't have to go to every single thing that's available to them. You know, you have kids that they're going to, Monday they're going to something, Tuesday they're going to something, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday they're going to something. When do they get time to rest? And it's like, you're a bad parent if you don't do that. It's all out of whack because if they're constantly assaulting of constant, constant, constant activity on the external, they never get time to just rest internally. And you have kids that end up at the doctors with anxiety because they're just so all over the place all the time. And society says, oh, well, if you don't you know, have your kids at, at something every day of the week or four times a week, then you're a bad parent. You're not giving them the opportunities that they need to have. Be careful. Be careful take time to rest. Those ones at uni and school, take time to rest. Take time to just shut out the the external stuff and rest and work through how you're feeling. Work through the thoughts that you've been having and work through them. And God says when you do that, that that your brain works better and he'll be able to speak to you. When we pause from activity, it's a perfect time for us to connect to our spiritual side. And that's why God says it's so important. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you're transformed by what he says to think about and you catch those thoughts and you pull them down, you say, hang on a minute, that's not a good thing to think. Then you protect your DNA, you protect your life, you live longer and you're healthier. But also when we do that, it connects with our spiritual side and God is able to speak. You know, that's why we take time out to have a quiet time every day and to read the Word. But think about it. Just don't go, oh, I've read my four verses out the door. Take time to think about it. Take time to just ponder and think. Go slower. Go slower. Go slower. Because when we do that, that's when everything works better in our whole being. And you actually, God will speak to you and you'll pick it up. He's talking all the time. We're so busy, we miss half of what he's saying. Go slower, you know, and and our lives will be transformed. If I can say anything to you today, take takeaway is be still and know that I am God. And let him speak. And when you do that, no matter what you've done before, there's going to be lovely new new baby nerve cells operating in your brain, making new circuitry. And you don't have to stress about, oh, I've done that damage. You know what? Say, Lord, I just ask that you help me not to be a multitask, crazy person and just to stop. And you know when you do that, he's going to restore and he's going to make new circuitry and you're going to be healthy and whole. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, I pray that you would help us to just take on board what you've laid on my heart this morning to share, that you'd help us to be still. To be still, Lord, and to know who you are and to take the time to look at our thinking and get rid of the stuff that's not right, to replace it with what you say. To not be people who just go through life doing what everybody else does and missing some of the stuff that you've got for us, the stuff that brings real life, that brings real blessing. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness we've been rushing about when you've been calling us to come aside and to spend time with you, to spend time thinking about what you're saying to us. We ask that you forgive us for being too busy and getting caught up with the world and how it does things. We choose to set aside ourselves to do things your way because that's where the blessing is. I pray peace over every person here, Lord. I pray new circuitry in our brains which sets off signals that sets off new things in our bodies. That rings restoration. I pray that you would make new circuitry, Lord, as we check on our thinking, Lord, because that's what you've made us to be like. I pray that you would... Um, Lift off anxiety and depression and worry and anger and fear as we take time and think the way you want us to think. That would bring freedom and restoration. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.